So today we are asking a question. Are you listening? Thank you. <laughs> are you listening? <laughs> Only two people are listening. <laughs> listening to one voice requires ignoring others. You can hear many voices, but you can only listen to one at a time. You can only listen because listening is paying attention. Your life is not a product of what you've heard, but what you have listened to. The voices you have listened to. In the book of Acts, we see ordinary people listening to God's voice. God spoke, but the disciples' attitude towards God's voice made the church the most influential movement on earth. Not simply because God spoke, but because they listened. Their ability to listen to the Holy Spirit gave birth to a movement that has been changing lives for more than 2,000 years. Simply because they listen. I wonder what could have happened if they chose to ignore the voice of the Holy Spirit. You might think they were extraordinary people. They had something special. There was nothing special about them. They were normal people like you and I who decided to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 1, 1 to 2, I wrote the first narrative, Theophilus, about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up. After he had given orders through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. So Luke starts his letter by saying that Jesus gave orders to his disciples. That's the introduction about orders. You can choose to listen, to follow orders or not. In Acts chapter 1 verse 4, he says, while he was, he was together with them, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for the Father's promise. This, he said, is what you heard from me. Continues. Wait in Jerusalem. They could have chosen to leave. They chose. In verse 4, Jesus gave them an instruction. Instruction to stay. We want to move a lot. We are busy trying to achieve. I wonder if Jesus tells you to wait and do not move for 10 days if you would. <laughs> if Jesus tells you, don't leave this town for 10 days, if you... <laughs> Your obedience today might affect generations. Their obedience back then affected generations. It's still affecting us today. And then chapter 4 verse 4 says... Then they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in different languages as the Spirit gave them ability to speak or of speech. Now the promise is being fulfilled because these people decided to listen. 
They've received the Holy Spirit. But the story continues. Acts chapter 2 verse 6. The crowd was confused because they could only hear their own languages. Uh, wait. But they were not listening to the message. They could only hear. Oh, that sounds like French. That sounds like Russian. That sounds like Kinyarwanda. That sounds like something from Indonesia and Filipino. Filipino. They, they heard some noise. They heard they, they, that was my language. No, they heard that. That is, sounds like my language. But they were not paying attention. They were not listening. They were more concerned about the container than the content. They were more concerned about the disciples than the voice of God speaking through the disciples. That's why I started to say maybe they, they are drunk or maybe because they were not paying attention to what the disciples were saying. They started to, to criticize the event. They, they were not listening. They could only hear voices. I, I want to draw your attention to this. The difference between hearing and listening is very important. You don't change because you heard. You change because you listen. God is still speaking today. Are you paying attention? Or are you more concerned about the channel God is using? God is still speaking to you. Are you listening? Or are you more concerned about the messenger's accent or tone? Oh, he was too loud. Or he was too quiet. Or oh, his accent was strange. I could not get that word. And you missed the message because of the accent or the attitude or the shirt of the messenger. Isn't nice this shirt? <laughs> nice one, isn't it? Uh, yes, thank you. <laughs> we, we get distracted by the details around the messenger and we forget the message. The message. The noise around the message distracts us instead of focusing on listening what is being said. God is speaking today. Are you listening? God speaks in many ways. But we are going to look at a few ways that he generally speaks. Like oh, He speaks in many ways, but let's let look at seven ways that God speaks. Generally, God speaks in these seven ways. He, he can speak in many other ways, but we don't have time to go through all of them. The first one I would mention today is God speaks through his written word. Hebrews chapter 4, 12 says, For the word of God is living and effective and sharper than any double-edged sword, penetrating as far as the separation of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, it is able to judge the ideas and thoughts of the heart. The word of God, when you read it, it penetrates you and separates your spirit and the soul. Your thoughts and mind, it separates your emotions. For it, goes, it goes inside your person, your, your inner being, and separates and judges your thoughts. God is not just there to tell us what we've done wrong. Is there to encourage us, to lift, lift our spirits up, to tell us, keep going, move on. Yes, yes, you are loved, you are accepted. When you read the Bible, 
It speaks to your spirit. It speaks. The written word of God is living and effective. The word of God is living. It's not just words on paper. It is alive. When you read it, it reads you. It's alive. Every time you read it, you bring some life to you. Every time you read the Bible, you bring some life to your spirit. Second, God speaks through people. Let's go back to Act 8, 29 to 31. The Spirit told Philip, go and join the chariot. When Philip ran up to it, he heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you are reading? How can I, he said, unless someone guides me? Look at the, the end of this sentence. It says, unless someone guides me. He needed another human being to speak on behalf of God to him. God uses people. He speaks through broken people. Can you use someone who doesn't look like they have the, the right education or the, or the right experience. God can speak through people. That's why we need to be paying attention. Because God speaks through people. He speaks. Speak through people around you. Your parents. Godly friends. Spiritual leaders. Books, podcasts, movies. God speaks through people. We just need to be paying attention. Are you listening as God is speaking? Three, God speaks through our conscience. Romans chapter 2 verse 15. They demonstrate that God's law is written in their heart for their own conscience and thoughts either accuse them or tell them they are doing right. Paul is talking about people who don't have the Bible. People who don't know the Bible. Even though they don't know the Bible, their own conscience speaks to them. That this is right, this is wrong. Why? Because God speaks through human conscience. There's something you need to know about the, the inner peace. The sense of peace that, that, that we have when we are doing something right. Most of the time, you don't realize how important that peace is until you lose it. Until you lose it. So if you have experienced that peace, you will know you are out of the will of God when you begin to sense that you are losing it. It's hard to explain to you that peace until you experience it. But once you have it, once you, you have learned to listen to God and you tend not to listen, then you will sense that that peace is being troubled. And you will know you are getting out of the will of God. God speaks through our conscience. God speak, speaks through circumstances. He uses signs and circumstances. The best example we can take from the Bible is the story of, of, of Jonah. Jonah, it was all God spoke through circumstances. Three days in the belly of a fish. God, God, don't speak like that to me, please. 
I, I, I'm listening. <laughs> I'm listening. Speak to Ash like that, God. <laughs> Some people are too stubborn that God needs to use a fish to swallow them for three days. You know, God speaks through circumstances. If you haven't been paying attention, God will keep changing circumstances to, to lead you toward what he wants you to do. He does that. God does that. It might not be a physical fish, but God uses circumstances. And, and every time he does it, you will, you will hear something in you telling you, go and do it, and you resist again. And you resist again. And he, he brings the, uh, the, the higher level. And, and you resist again. And he brings another, another level. And some people resist for years to listen to what God is saying to them. And sometimes it can be just simple things. Just, just a pattern. You, you see the same thing in a movie. You listen the same music. You hear the same words in the music. And then you go back and your child may say it. And then you go to work. Someone at work will say it. You are, what is happening? I'm, I'm, I'm hearing the same thing everywhere I go. God is speaking. He speaks through patterns. He speaks through patterns. He, he makes it clear to you. He tries to draw your attention to something and you will see the same thing. Only you are seeing it. Other people are not seeing it. Because he's drawing your attention toward that. And if God is speaking to you, the earlier you listen, the better. Five, God speaks through dreams. Joseph was taught not to leave Mary. Through a dream, in a dream, he was told to take Mary and the son, Jesus, and, and, and flee to Egypt through a dream. Through a dream. God speaks through dreams. I take my dreams seriously. Seriously. Some of them are funny. Some of them are strange. But some of them are serious. We were living in a town, I won't mention for some reasons. My, my, my brother Ozi and, and my friend Costo, we were living together and, and we were kicked out of the place we were living and we went to find uh, accommodation in this unsafe place. We were staying in that house and after a few days, I was having a nap and uh, I saw a dream that my I was in the middle, and I hold their hand, and we were flying from that house to the other side of the town. We were flying, so we, we flew in the dream from this hill to the other hill. And I woke up, and I told them, we are packing our bags now, we are leaving now. Just like that, not knowing where we, were, we are going. We packed up, oh, I'm glad they listened. We packed up our stuff, we went to the other side of the town, and we went to sleep somewhere. It was really, really, yeah, those are days that we were being crushed and pruned. The next day we heard that the night we left, like the, we left during the day, the night, like yesterday night, last night, armed people visited that house in the night. They visited that house in the night. Just imagine if we were there when they came, what could have happened to us? We had no papers. 
So even if we were killed, no one will know. No one will care. God saved our lives because we saw a dream and listened to the dream and followed it. Pay attention. If you don't understand it, see someone. Pray about it. Don't take your dreams just like dream. And I know sometimes your dreams are the result of the movie you watched last night. That's fine. <laughs> don't bring those one to us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not every dream is spiritual. Some of them are the result of what we do. God speaks through visions. Acts chapter 10, 9 to 10. The next day as we were traveling and nearing the city, Peter went up to pray on the housetop about noon. Then he became hungry and wanted to eat. But while they were preparing something, he went into a visionary state. A vision is an impression while you are awake. While a dream is an impression while you are asleep. They all look the same most of the time. But it's just the difference is one, you are awake, you are aware that it's happening, you are awake. Another one, you are asleep and you see a dream. God is still speaking through visions. And and seven, God speaks through angels. Acts 8.26, an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, get up and go south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. An angel. It was not a dream. It was not a vision. It was an angel who spoke to Philip. When Chris was two weeks old, I've shared this story with you. He was infected and he, he had a, a blood infection. Our two weeks old son couldn't stop crying. And we didn't know that was our first child. We didn't know anything about children. We, we were very ignorant about, about things. Very. Mostly me. And we went to the hospital. And the, when we got to the hospital, we didn't know it was that hard. We thought maybe he was hungry or something. But when we got there, the, the doctors panicked. They called each other. They like surrounded the child, we knew this is serious. This is serious. They surrounded him. And it was serious. It, you could see when they pass, they come back. They're not talking to us anymore. Everybody stands. We, th we thought this is serious. Then they came to us and said, he's got a serious blood infection. We don't know what it means. <laughs> we don't know what it was. We don't know how it came. That night was really tough for us. We kept praying and praying and praying. The next day, a lady came in the hospital room. And then she asked my wife, can I pray for your son? And then she went. She laid hand on me, Chris, and prayed for him. And then that lady just backed off and disappeared. We went to look for her. We could not find her. And it was an open space. There is no way she will hide behind a tree or something. It was wide, like open outside of the room. She was nowhere to be found. Until now, we haven't found her. A few moments after, Mikris, fever came down. 
the doctor came and released us that afternoon. We were released from the hospital. They said, we can't see the infection. It's gone. It's gone. Miracles still happen. Angels are still active. We believe that was an angel of the Lord. They don't always come with wings in white robes and lights. Sometimes they appear like human beings. When Abraham received angels, they were just like humans. It's not always, you know, the example of angels we have is what Mary, and Mary saw an angel and she was scared. Oh, angels are scary. No, 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 no. Sometimes they appear as humans to rescue us. You can be driving and someone will come in front of you and just slow you down. Yeah, I know you get uh, irritated when that happens. God can send angels to slow you down on the road. <laughs> so how to recognize the voice of God? God's voice speaks love, faith, and hope. He, he never goes out of his own word. He always speaks love, faith, and hope. Love involves your well-being. Every time God speaks, it's for your own good or for someone's well-being. Sometimes it's challenging. Sometimes it's encouraging. But it's all out of love. Faith means that the voice of God will never contradict his written word. It's always based on the word of God, the Bible. Everything God says, if someone comes to you and says, God told me, always make sure it's, it's affirmed by the Bible. Hope means that God always points you to what's possible with him. God will not tell you that's impossible. <laughs> you can't do that. That's not God. God will always point you to what's possible with him. Always possibilities. Always a next step. God, God will always show you how you can get out of it. Even if you are in trouble, God will speak to you to show you how you can get out of it. God will, will never tell you you are doomed. This is it. You are stuck. No. The voice of God will always tell you there is a way out. There is grace. You can get out of this. It speaks hope. Always. So how to hear the voice of God? You, have, you know how he speaks. You can recognize it. So how to hear it? What do you do to hear the voice of God quickly? One, value his voice. Value his voice. How important is the voice of God to you? How important is it? If you really value his opinion, you will hear his voice. When you appreciate what someone is saying... They feel the courage to speak, to share their opinion. You know, in, in the West, we teach our children to give us eye contact as a sign of paying attention, isn't it? If we are talking to them and they are looking the other side, we understand they are not paying attention. And we, let, we, to, we tell them, look at me. Why? We want them to pay attention, to listen. Most of the times, God is talking to us and we are looking the other side. And we are playing with our phones. And we are doing something else. And God is speaking. When he sees that you, don't, you are not paying attention, he stops. Until you pay attention again. 
Sometimes when I'm preaching and I see people on their phone, I ask, are they on Facebook or they are writing the notes of the message? These days, really, God help us. Technology. I, I trust you guys. I know you are taking notes. If we value his voice, he will speak to us. If you value it. How important is the voice of God to you? If the voice of God matters to you, he will speak. The issue is that most people value God's will more than God. And I want to expand here. They want to hear God's will because they want to get it right, isn't it? They want to know what to do so they can get things right for their own benefit. But they really not, they're not looking for God. They're looking for the direction from God. Those people want to know the will of God. They don't want to invest in the relationship with God. It's sweet to know the will of God. Who doesn't want to know what's right? We all want to know what to do. But it's not cheap to know the will of God. It requires relationship to know his will. So that's what leads us to the second point. Value his presence. God wants you to come and talk to him so that you can build a relationship. He wants a relationship. Don't go after his will. Go after him. Don't go after the will of God. Most Christians fall under this trap. Spending time looking for the will of God. And God is like, don't, don't worry about my will. Come and build a relationship with me and you will know my will. It's that simple. It's that simple. In many cases, I don't need to ask my wife if I do something, she will be upset. Oh, no. No. I've lived with her for some time that I know if I touch there, we are in trouble here. Yeah, I know. If I say this, yeah, we, nobody's sleeping in this house today. I know. I've come to know how well that I know if I take this home today, everybody will be praised today. Oh, baby. And the atmosphere changes. That's the benefit of having a relationship. You'll get to know the person. You know their will. If you know God, you will know his will. So don't spend time trying to know his will. Spend time trying to know him. And it will just flow naturally. The more you know his character, you know what he likes, you know what makes him happy, you know what doesn't, you know. The more you know him, the more you will know his will. It, it's not complicated. Just look around you. The people you know well, you don't spend time asking them what they want. You just know it. That's the same thing with God. Don't go after his will, go after him. And finally, value his time. Value his time. You may wonder, is God busy? <laughs> Why should I value his time? When you value God's time, you do yourself a favor. Because God is infinite, but you are finite. So when you value his time, you are valuing your time. Okay. Let me just finish there. He's eternal. 
He has all the time on earth that he, he wants, but you are not. So the more organized you are, the better for you, not for him. The better for you. Every time you want to hear something important from someone, you make an appointment. If you want to hear something from a doctor, you make an appointment. If you want to hear something from your, your psychologist or from your lawyer, or from, you don't just show up in the office. They are busy. They are doing other things. It's up to you to book an appointment. If you want to hear from God, make an appointment with him. And don't miss that appointment. Don't be late to that appointment. Be there on time. God values. God likes it. God loves it. When we make appointment with him, when you organize time in your day, I will wake up at 6 o'clock. I will read my Bible. I will pray at 6 o'clock. Oh God, I will be with you at 5 a.m. I will be with you at 10 a.m. on Sunday. I will be with you at 9 a.m. at 7 p.m. on Wednesday. Make appointments and honor them. And God will show up. He will show up. Value his time. Most Christians expect God to speak just because you think he will speak. The issue is you are not making room for him to speak. Make room for God to speak. He will speak. You are busy. Life is so busy and you have excuses. Good excuses not to make room for him. And he says, until you make room, Keep doing what you are doing. You are satisfied. You think you can handle it to, alone. Go and do it. Church, do you value his time? Do, do, you, do, you, do you value God's time? Fifteen minutes per day can make a big difference. You wake up in the morning, do your devotions, Speak to God about you, your family. Go to work. It will make a big difference. Value his voice. Value his presence. And value his time. It's up to you. God is still speaking. Are you listening?